Then, chapter six. Then me and Zelda crawled out of the straw and the woman checked us over for stab wounds and was very relieved we didn't have any and took us into her house and gave us hot food, including cabbages, leaves and whole, whole turnip and a bath. She also told us her name, which is Gina, and the dog's name, which is Leopold. Zelda is first for the bath, but she doesn't want to get in. Come, Zelda, says Gina. The water won't stay hot forever, and I'm, and I'm not heating any more. Zelda is st- staring at the kitchen floor, sticking out her bottom lip. You slap me, she says. At first I can see Gina isn't sure what Zelda is talking about. In the forest, says Zelda. Now Gina remembers. She crouches down in front of Zelda. You bit me, says Gina. So let's make a deal. If you don't bite me and I won't slap you, Zelda thinks about this. She nods and gets into the bath. The deal works. Zelda doesn't bite Gina and Gina does a very gentle... And Gina is very gentle with Zelda's cut feet. Now it's my turn. My face is burning. Not from the water, because I'm standing up and it doesn't even reach my knees. My face is is hot because Gina is staring at my private parts like it's the most annoying thing she's ever seen. I look away and pretend not to notice. I was right about this house. It's got two rooms. There's the kitchen. There's the kitchen we're we're in now and a completely separate bedroom. The house is made in a clever way. The wood stove is in the middle wall, so it heats both both the rooms. Gina is still staring at my private part. And now she's sighing loudly. It's rude to stare, says Zelda. Don't you know anything? You do, says Gina. Only Jews would do that, do that to a kid. Of course, now I know why she's staring, but it's not mum and dad's fault. They didn't want to have me circumcised. It wasn't my parents' fault, I say to Gina. It was my grandfather. He was still alive when I was a baby and we made them do it. He said he'd get ill if he didn't do it. Do what, says Zelda? Chop off a perfectly good foreskin says Gina. Now Zelda is staring at my private part too, but only for a moment. She gives me the towel and a sympathetic look. Gina isn't being sympathetic. What a very clever grandfather she is, taking the towel off me and drying me back. Now every Nazi Jew killer can spot you a mile off. He was religious, I say. You have You have to stand up for your grandfather, even if he did accidentally put your life at risk. Religious, says Gina cornfully. That's not my idea of religious. For a moment, I wonder if she prays to Richmond Compton too. But I don't say anything about that, because there's something even more important I need to ask her. If you hate Jewish people so much, I say, why didn't you hand me over to the Nazis? And me, says Zelda. I wait anxiously for Gina's answer. It's a risky question to ask a person you hope is going to look after you and protect you and give you more turnips. Gina chews her lips and rubs her head like some people do when 
the question is difficult. Seisman Glick used to do it in class all the time. You're right, says Gina. I don't like Jews. I never have. It's how I, I was brought up. My insides sink. Zelda is glaring. I can see she's trying to think of an insult to say back to Gina. But, says Gina, there are people I dislike much more than Jews. Nazis, I say. Oh yes, G says Gina. I hate Nazis a lot. I remind myself to make sure that Gina never sees Zelda's locket, which I've hidden in my boot. But most of all, continues Gina, I hate anyone who hurts children. Now, with her eyes fierce, she looks even more like Mum. Even with her short hair that's sticking up from where she was rubbing it. When I heard a rumour the Nazis had killed the Jewish orphans, says Gina, I prayed it wasn't true. That's why I was in the forest seeing for myself. She screws up her face and, and at the memory and smacks the bathwater, splashing me and Zelda. Leopold gives a yelp and jumps back. Those kids have lived in the district all their lives, says Gina. What sort of monster would do that to them? I'm not sure if, it, if she wants an answer, so I stand quietly while she dries me and Zelda again. Gina stops frowning and looks up at us both. How did you manage it, she says. How did you escape from the shooting? I can see she doesn't want an answer to this, but I'm not sure what to say. She thinks we're local orphans, and we're not. I tell her the truth. Will she still want to look after us? We didn't escape from the shooting. We escaped from the train, says Zelda says to her. Don't you know anything? Gina stares at us in surprise. I wait for her to ask us to leave. She doesn't. A train from the city, I say quietly, on its way to a death camp. Gina puts her hand on my face just for a moment, and I can tell from her expression that it, uh, it's going to be all right. Zelda is frowning. If you're going to be our new mummy, she says to Gina, you have to like Jewish people. Gina nods slowly, poofing out her cheeks as as if it, it's a very difficult thing to think about. Felix can't help it, she says, she says Zelda, pointing towards my private part. Gina gives a long sigh. Never of you, neither of you can, she says. Come on, kneel down so I can do your hair. We both kneel down with our heads over the metal bathtub. Keep your eyes closed, says Gina. She wets our hair and rubs something onto her that smells horrible and hurts. Ow, says Zelda. That shampoo stings. It's not sa shampoo, says Gina. It's bleach. I don't know what bleach is, but when I finally open my eyes, I see what it does. Zelda's hair isn't black anymore. It's yellow, and Zelda is staring at me with an amazed ex expression. So my hair must have turned yellow too. I know why Gina has done this. It's so we blend in with the straw, isn't it? I say to her, for when we hide in the barn. Gina smiles. Good thought, Felix. But you don't. But you won't be hiding in the barn anymore. I stare at her. I don't know. I don't like the sound of this. Has she decided it's too risky to have us that close to the house? 
Where will we be hiding? I ask anxiously. In a haystack? Out in the open, says Gina. I stare at her even harder. How can we hide out in the open? Are you are you good at stories, Felix, says, asks Gina. Yes, he is, says Zelda. He's very good, especially funny ones and sad ones. Excellent, says Gina, because from now on, you both have to tell people a story about yourselves, how your two Catholic children from Pilica, how your parents were killed, how you've come home to stay with your auntie, who who from now is on is me, I tried to take this in. Zelda is thinking about it too. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Wouldn't the barn be safer, I say. Suddenly the barn doesn't seem so bad. We could play with the pig and the chickens. I try not to think about the Nazi bayonets. Only Jewish, only Jewish hiding barns, says Gina, and from now on you're not Jews. For a moment, I think Zelda is going to argue, but she doesn't. I don't either, but I'm still not sure. Which would you prefer, says Gina, being stuck in a barn the whole time or being able to run around and play outdoors and sleep in an actual bed? A bed, I say. A bed, says Zelda. It's a good point. We haven't slept in a real bed for ages. I'm starting to see that hiding in the open could be better. Escape. Except for one problem. I look down at my private part. Gina sees me looking and nods her head. That is the weak link. That is the weak link in our plan. She says. I wish it wasn't. But I I do have one hopeful thought. When I was younger, I tell Gina, my parents hid me in a Catholic orphanage. I told her the other boys I'd been circumcised for medical reasons because I had an illness of the private part. Gina shakes her head. Good story, she says, but the Nazis have heard it a million times before. We all look at my private part. Only only one thing to do, says Gina. What, I say, hoping it won't be painful. Don't show it to anybody, says Gina. I nod. I'll have to hope no more, no Nazis want to see it. I'll make sure he doesn't show it to anybody, says Zelda. Good girl, says Gina. Now we are, now we have to find new names for you. Zelda's eyes light up. William and Violet Elizabeth, she says. Gina thinks about this. Their names from our favourite stories, I explain. Our favourite story writer, Richmond Crompton, is English. When her stories are changed into Polish and they stay English. English names aren't a good idea, says Gina. The Nazis are at war with England. We we like those names, says Zelda fiercely. Gina rolls her eyes. All right, she says, but we have to make them Polish. William, William and Violetta. Zelda grins. I'm happy to. Now it's almost like Richmond Crompton will be helping Gina look after us. This bed is comfortable and warm and Gina doesn't snore that much and she's left a lamp burning low so we we won't be scared but I just can't get neither can Zelda. Felix, she says, nudging me in the ribs. 
Tell me a William and Violet Elizabeth story. You mean Wilhelm and Violetta, I whisper. And don't f fidget. You'll, you'll push, pull the covers off Gina and wake her up. It's very kind of Gina to let us share her bed. Luckily, there's a space because her husband's away. Zelda lies very still and I whisper a story to her. It's about how Wilhelm and Violetta are rescued by a kind lady called Gina. They live happily ever after with Gina and with her friendly dog who likes to be, be tickled and with a nice pig who likes to be tickled too and with some very loyal chickens. Sometimes Wilhelm and Violetta play hide and seek with the chickens and at no stage do the chickens betray them to the Nazis. By the time I finish the story, Zelda is asleep. Good story, whispers Gina. I'm startled. I hadn't realised she was listening. Can you tell another one, she says, about a Polish man who's forced to go to Germany to work for the Nazis and he comes home safely. I look at her, confused. I'm not sure if I know enough to tell a story like that. He likes to be tickled, says Gina. While I'm waiting for my imagination to come up with something, I see I, I see the sad smile on her face, and I realise who she's talking about. Does he does he come home at the weekends? I ask. Your husband. Gina shakes her head. I haven't seen him for two years. She says quietly. That's terrible. I say. I tell Gina the story she asked for, but while I'm telling it. I'm all, I'm all, I'm also thinking about something else. Why do people start wars when they know so many sad things are going to happen? I don't get it. After I finish the story, me and Gina talk for a while. She doesn't get it either. Finally, she says, I must let you sleep. Good night, Willie Helm, and thank you. Thank you, I say, for protecting me and Zelda. I mean, Violetta. We're both lying there, breathing quietly, Zelda, Zelda asleep between us. I don't know Gina very well, but I can guess what she's thinking, the same as we, me. We're both hoping our stories come true. Thank you for listening to Chapter 6 of Then.